To keep up with what is happening in Gaza, we have provided links to digital media and reporters on the ground in the description. For the Interrobank and Grace Espinosa, and welcome to this episode on the Red Couch Podcast, Sara Abukars, video reporter on a screen personality in Interrobank. Hi, Sara. Hi, Gracia. Well, this interview, um, I would like at the beginning to know more about you because <laughs> you have been, well, you have arrived to this media. So, Sara, what is your position, I mean, your job here in, in our media. Sure. So um, my name is Sarah Abukers. I am a TV and digital news student now at Fanshawe doing my graduate certificate. And I also graduated from the broadcast journalism pro uh, program on 2022. I am the on-screen personality uh, person for the Interbank. And I am a mom and I arrived on Canada on 2019 because my dream is to be an international journalist and that's why I'm here. You're a mom? Yes. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that. Well, I have to say to all the audience and listeners, listeners of this podcast that I met Sarah in class because I did an introduction, well, about the broadcast journalism course and she was one of the persons she asked me about hey how you can talk in front of our camera how you can be yourself um on tv yes it's been my dream since i was like a, a child I, i always looked at the tv and news anchors and i said one day i will be there and i want to be on tv so bad and i really worked on it and I'm now like almost 30 years old and I'm still working on my dream because I believe it will come true one day. Oh, uh, what kind of reporter or journalist you would like to be? I don't know if you have um, a specific dream. Yes, I'm actually interested in uh, politics and uh, like uh, foreign affairs and in current affairs. I like to tell stories to people um, about other people stories that matter stories that like impact us and um, touch our souls not like numbers and statistics and you know theories and all that I believe that humanity is the one thing that unites all of us everyone around the world no matter who they are where they come from and all that so I believe that every story matter everyone should tell their story And in some special circumstances, those stories really, really mean a lot to everyone. I really like when you said all the stories matters, all the lives matters, because one of the um, of the reasons that we feel very proud, all the team of Interrobank, is uh, you have you have family and friends in Gaza. Um, all these hard weeks, you have been here, we, not only with a, with a smile, with all the positivity to do your, your job. So we really appreciate that. Um, uh, we cannot avoid the, the question about the conflict, the war, um, your feelings about, about that, Sarah, how, how you are. 
how how is your daily day with all these issues so now we are almost on the fourth week of uh, this war i actually don't want to call it a war because if the war means two armies are fighting over land or over something but we palestinians people who are living in gaza the civilians we don't have army to defend ourselves so from this point i want to explain to everyone who's listening to this podcast people who are living there don't have army don't have anyone to defend them we don't have government we don't have anything that like is representing us officially and also i would like to explain that not every palestinian belong to a political group that decides to go on war maybe some of them belong to this group let's not deny this but sorry sara we we want to clarify this so we, we when we are when you are talking about uh, the group you are talking about hamas exactly mm-hmm. hamas we palestinians have different perspectives we come from different backgrounds let's say this islamic group decided this and that or whatever not everyone who lives in gaza agrees to this we are 2 million 2.5 million people living there half of the population is children all of them are civilians we don't carry any weapons we don't have anything to defend ourselves and they are caught in the middle mm-hmm. mm, i suppose that a lot of our mm, all the people all the audience know about this but for uh, weeks ago if i don't if i am sure um in the middle of a concert next to Gaza, Hamas, people from Hamas came and killed a lot of uh, young people. Um, after that, well, all the consequences that brought this ter- terrorist terrorist attack. But it's good that you told me that it's not a war because sometimes I feel like a journalist that I don't know how I can understand um, this conflict because right now I'm not going to say a word. Um, I don't trust in all the medias, in all. So how you can, I mean, how you can understand yeah the information if you are not sure if it is reliable or not? Yeah, sure. So first thing I would like to clarify that everything took a place on October 7th did not actually start on October 7th. If you go back and read the history, in 1948, Palestinians were um, facing something called Nakba. Nakba in English means like a disaster, or I don't, I'm actually running out of word in explaining this, but they were forced to flee their homes and they were, there was like extermination and they were killed and there were massacres and at that back in that time there were not enough media coverage to cover this that's where 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 and when this problem started when israeli people came and they wanted to create a country over the palestinian land palestinians keep kept immigrating and leaving their land until today this thing is going and going and going and now we have Gaza and we have 
the area that is in the West, it's called the West Bank. This is the area will, where Palestinians live. But since 17 years, Gaza is being under siege. Israel is control, controlling the borders. We don't have a seaport. We don't have an airport. We can't leave through our borders, like from Egypt or anywhere. And they are controlling everything. Schools, medical aid, traveling, uh, every single thing that a human being needs for their life essentials is um, controlled by Israel. Mm -hmm. On October the 7th, this group who uh, launched this attack and went to the concert and all that has like they did that and actually this is not the first time where like this war or invasion takes a place it happened in 28 it happened in 2000 uh, sorry 2008 2011 2013 14 and i was there in 2014 i went for a trip for gaza mm -hmm. and imagine i was supposed to stay for two weeks and then all of the the sudden a war takes place and we are trapped there for 54 days with non-stop airstrikes and killing and all that. So Sarah, I, I want to highlight this. You have been in, in Gaza. I lived in Gaza all my childhood. I lived in Gaza and I lived in 2008. And then I came back in 2014 for a family visit and a war took a place. Mm -hmm. And we thought this is like the most huge war that is happening in the Palestinian history because it lasted for 54 days and 2,000 people have been killed and a lot of injuries and all that. But look at 2023. Today is the 28th day of the war and already 10,000 people have been killed. Half of them are children and and the genocide continues. Um, from here, from Han Canada, I want to know, I mean, you are far away from your family and friends, so right now, what is the way that you have to contact with, with them? I don't know if you can talk with them or send any message. So Israel controls the electricity, so they cut the electricity and you know when the when there's like a there's no electricity you can't have internet the wi-fi will not work but you will have like your data that you will use to contact but they cut the telecommunication too so there was no way to contact our families unless they charge their phone batteries with the cars or they get like a car battery and they charge it with a generator or something that needs fuel of course which also has been cut by Israel. And this lasted for two weeks. And now I completely lost contact with my family. Israel asked them to leave the area that they are living in and to move to the southern area of Gaza. And they said this is a safe place for all civilians. So please evacuate there because we have to launch some attacks on the north and in the city of Gaza. And then... There was airstrikes for people who are on their way to the south and hundreds have been killed. And now they're attacking the south, the north, every single place. There is no safe place in Gaza. And I'm watching the news all the time, seeing where where my family live, seeing that this area has been attacked. 
over and over and over again and I have no way to contact them because they simply cut the telecommunication. They disconnected Gaza from the war because they don't want any social media activist or journalists or anyone who could just like you know show the word what is happening there or cover this genocide to show the word what is actually happening so they thought oh let's cut the internet let's not connect them with anyone in the world so yeah that's the situation at the same time that we say that not not all the people are of course part of hamas not all the youth people support the idea i mean the government of israel so it's good to know that to know that because i know i know from uh, people who participate in the protests here in london to support gaza uh, they saw youths um, specifically from the independent uh, youth voices i think it's independent youth voices so independent voices uh, youth I'm I'm sorry because <laughs> sometimes when I have to translate everything in my mind I I cannot remember but they they solve them um they they support um, Gaza um, and they they are not of course um they don't agree with the government of Israel. Yeah, let me clarify something. The human being should be valuable no matter where they are no matter where they live, no matter what is their background, um, sexual orientation, religion, no matter who they are, killing is not justified. It's not like, always, I, w whenever you turn on the TV and you listen to the Western media, you hear the world, Israel has the right to defend itself. Okay, if Israel wants to defend itself, who's gonna defend those Palestinians? those children who are being killed those women who are losing their kids those people who lost their homes and they're now homeless they used to be normal civilians just like you and me they have dreams they have jobs to go for they have schools they have all of that and now they're just homeless and they could be killed at any minute last last month in september here in canada we were all wearing orange t-shirts in the Truth and Reconciliation Day. We were saying every child matter because of the genocides that happened in the past. And we were fearing, feeling terrible about it. But now this exact same genocide is happening in Palestine with over 5,000 children are being killed. My question is, do these children matter? Can we stop this? Is there an action that should be taken? Are our voices like heard by the government? We are Palestinians. Okay, forget that I'm Palestinian. I don't wanna like represent myself as anything at this moment, but just as a human, those children deserve to live with safety, with dignity. They have dreams. They deserve to play and have fun, not to hear airstrikes and be scared and be injured and be killed and be buried by the mom. What did they do? They did not do anything. They don't deserve that. And imagine the trauma for the ones that they are still alive. They did not die. Imagine now children, they are dreaming to die be because death 
will be more comfortable than living in this kind of situation. And also the, the thing that the word like doesn't pay attention to is that the medical aid in the hospitals, like hospitals are literally running out of medical aid. If you're injured, if you have like a missing body part, you need a surgery or anything, you can't have any kind of medical service at the hospital because many people left their home and went to the hospitals to stay there because they think it's a safe place, it's not gonna be bombed. But guess what? Israel bombed the hospital. Thousands of people were killed at that moment last week when they bombed Al-Mamadani Hospital. And that was like the, uh, the most huge massacre and genocide I've seen in my life. But you know what made me lose my mind is that the word is silent. Where is the human rights? Where is the United Nation? As a person who's living in Canada, the country that its government is always standing in the front line to defend human rights, accepting refugees, accepting immigrants, talking about diversity and integration and all that. And Canada is not helping for ceasefire to stop this. And they think Palestinians need humanitarian aid. They need food, trucks, they need water. Well, they need that for sure because it's a disaster. But the most thing we need, we are dying for a ceasefire. Please just stop this. We don't need, we don't need food or anything. Thank you so much. Just stop this. Help stop Israel from killing us. And we will manage after that. Well, Sarah, I'm... I, I have to say that I think that with all the um, protests here in Canada, I think that perhaps governments don't work uh, that we would like. Because at the end, politicians, well, no, mm, the government at the end, uh, sometimes they don't uh, do their job properly, but not only in this country, around, around the world. But I think Canadians, are worried about that because you can see in the in London here in the city a lot of people support um, the human rights support not more uh, kill people so at, at the same time I understand your point of view but I think mm, not uh, all the governments represent all the people I think we are worried and we would like to, to stop the war if we have the possibility so I would like to have a solution or I would like to say, hey, stop, and everything, um, you know, returns to to the normality. But it, you explained to us that it has never been a normality. That's the, the real burden. But at the same time, uh, how do you feel when you see students and Londoners uh, worried about, about this conflict? I truly appreciate every single person feeling when they stand in solidarity with Palestine and in solidarity with Gaza. But I think it's not the time just for feelings. It's, it's time to do an action. We have rights to put pressure on our government to make an action. You and I and him and she and they elected this government why because it has to um 
help us at the first place and it has to listen to us and it has to not ignore the citizens needs okay those protests that you are seeing in the streets of london mississauga toronto everywhere across the nation they're not just like to stand with gaza they're asking the government for the ceasefire because the government has the power and has the authority to do that because con canada is one of the g7 countries the greatest seven countries in the entire planet and they have the right and the authority to 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 force israel for a ceasefire but the prime minister is saying israel has the right to defend itself well how to defend itself by killing all those civilians i just want to clarify for you one thing none none of hamas leaders have been killed until now Israel did not hit any target until this moment. All of the people who have been dead and killed, especially the children, they had nothing to do with Hamas, if, if that's the case from their point of view. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So defending itself from what? From those children? Do you think a, a, a children who is in their mother uterus and she's pregnant, is firing rockets? Do you think those kids who are playing on the playgrounds and looking at flowers and pets and all that, they deserve to be killed because they're firing rockets because they they are dangerous to Israel? Defending itself from those people, from those civilians? Not only children are being killed. Children, journalists, okay? Medical crews, uh, people uh, in ambulances. Tens of ambulances have been attacked. 26 journalists have been killed. Um, imagine over 200,000 mm -hmm. homes has been destroyed. Comparing this to London, Ontario, where you and I are now, imagine like London has four, 400,000 people living in it. Let's say an estimation, each two person live there. Adding to that, like, uh, sorry, two person live in an apartment or a home or something. Let's say London has 200,000 uh, homes. Imagine all that being destroyed. Don't you call this a genocide? Genocide means hundreds of people or thousands are being killed at the same time. Well, why the world does not recognize this as a genocide? And we are living in 2023. Why you're not stopping this, but you will in the future cry about it and regret not doing anything and regret being silent just like everything happened in the in the past world war ii in the residential schools and what happened like in different areas around the world why we're not taking a stand like a real stand and doing an action mm -hmm. why i think it's very interesting to talk about the because one of the things that that I that I realized is when the Ukraine and Russian uh, uh, war started, a lot of reporters were to you Ukraine mm -hmm. to to know what it's going on. But here, I didn't see a lot of journalists or reporters in Gaza. So I don't know if you have an explanation about that or so. 
once the war started, Israel uh, put Gaza under complete siege, so they closed the border. So let's say you're a journalist in Canada, you you want to travel in a mission to cover what is going on in Gaza, you're not allowed to enter. So now we are completely depending on journalists who are in Gaza, who are Palestinians, who speak different languages, including English, to represent to the world what is happening, okay? Regardless of the cut of telecommunication, electricity, internet, and all that, those journalists are really, really doing their best on their social media accounts, trying their best to go live, to record videos, to interview people in hospitals, streets, and everywhere across Gaza. And they are really re reliable sources because they are independent and they are really reliable sources because they are independent. They don't work with like specific uh, agencies. They're all like freelance journalists. And those people be became now like the voice of Gaza, the people who are showing the truth of what is really happening. And they're just like sending you images, voices, no edited videos, no edited reports because they don't have the time and the luxury to do all that. So if I, if I like send you a photo of a child who has been trapped under the rubble for days and you see how they are like taking him out and he's covered of blood or something like that, will you think like, oh, the journalist who filmed that, do I trust him? Oh, what agency does he work for? Is he biased? The p the pic this like this picture or this video will be worth thousand words because you will not think about who's this journalist or what is the source. It is happening, and people, like just normal people, just look like you and me, are just filming, sharing on their stories, putting like a lot of content on the hashtag Gaza under uh, under attack, because. We believe that this time it's literally ethnic cleansing. Ethnic cleansing means like targeting a group of people, okay, because of their religion, their race, or for some reason, and you decide to literally like erase them. As they say in their media, between two brackets, finish them all. Yes. Well, Sarah, um, uh, here, I suppose you met more people from Palestine, Gaza. So um, I would like to, before you know, uh, ending this interview, to know uh, how you support between between you and all the community here, the Muslim community here in in London. Yes. So we're trying to be strong. Trying, like. We're trying to be strong for our people who are there. Because imagine your mom is stuck there, your dad or any of your loved ones. And finally, the phone rings, finally, and they answer. And they're like, their voice is full of fear. And you are scared too, because you don't want to lose any of them. And you're trying to give them the support, the positivity, the, the hope. You're trying to, to tell them by all means that you're going to make it. You're not going to die. You're going to be safe. This has to end and all that. You have to be strong to do this because you play like the role of support for, for them. So if you collapse, 
and you surrender to everything that is happening, there is no way that those people, you know, get any support or or anything. Um, I see like the Palestinian community is coming together at this time, no matter if they are from Gaza, the West Bank, or South, uh, the the North, anywhere. We're all like united, and I'm also I'm also seeing a lot of support from Londoners and Canadians. Many people believe that this should not be happening. Many people think that every human being on Earth deserve to live. In, in, in a safe place in their country in their homes and be treated with all lo- like love and dignity and all that and but the only thing I wish is that people are not really afraid to speak I feel some people feel that they don't want to give an opinion or post something on their social media or talk about it like loudly or in public because they don't want the other side to think that they are biased or you know they're against like some group of people regarding their like race religion or something like that but the thing is this conflict this war this genocide that has been going is not a religious um it's not a religious conflict it's something between two group of people who one of them is like an oppressor they want to take our land they want to um do like massacres they are uh, for us and genocides and they want us to remain silent and not say anything about it so those people who are there now are voiceless no media coverage nobody's caring about them nobody is there to help them rescue them or anything so why we are not being their voice Thank you, Sarah Abukars, for, for your testimony. Um, I, yeah, I can only add that I hope people, you know, are not afraid to, to express their opinion because they think they are going to suffer any kind of attack or any kind of harassment here in London because at the end we live together and here in London there are a lot of nationalities, cultures, so... I hope everyone can express their ideas and feelings and not to be afraid to, to be there themselves. If we just all understand that humanity is the only one thing that should unite us and it's the one thing that really unites us, everyone will make an action and we will not remain silent anymore. Thank you. And thank you for listening to all the audience and another episode of the Red Couch podcast. You can catch up with every episode on our website or wherever you get your podcast. Watch few episodes on our YouTube channel and subscribe to our newsletter to keep up with Fensha. For the Interrobank and Gracias Pinoza. Bye.